Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training? Maybe you've got a rabbit with bad habits. Maybe you've got a turtle that's temperamental. Whatever the problem is, whatever kind of pet that you have, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you deal with all of those frustrating behaviors that you've been working on and you just can't get them to stop. Maybe you've got a cat that is spraying everywhere and refuses to use the litter box. Maybe you've got a, a the problem is whether they're jumping, they're barking. Uh, maybe you've got two cats that are fighting. Give us a call. If you're in the Phoenix area and would like to talk to me about your pet's behavior and training issues, you can call me at 602 602- 277-KFNX. That number is 602-277-5369. If you're outside the Phoenix area, you can call me toll-free at 866-536-1100. Once again, that's 866-536-1100. Give me a call. Also, we're going to be answering some email questions today. If you've got questions for me that you would like to email me, you can email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at PetTalkToday.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at PetTalkToday.com. Also, if you like our show and you happen to miss one of our episodes, don't worry. You can hear every single one of our shows. We've got them all archived, and we've got them on our podcast, the Pet Talk Today podcast. So if you do ever miss a show, do a Google search for Pet Talk Today, pull up our podcast. You can listen to any one of our radio show episodes. They're all archived there. Um, but now first we're going to go into Pet Talk News. Well, it happened. President Biden's German Shepherd had an aggressive incident and was sent back to Delaware. The two German Shepherds belonging to President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden were returned to the Biden family home in Delaware last week after aggressive behavior at the White House involving Major Biden. Two sources with knowledge tell CNN. 
Major, who was adopted by Biden in November of 2018 from a Delaware animal shelter, had what one of the people described as a biting incident with a member of the White House security. The exact condition of the victim is unknown. However, the episode was serious enough that the dogs were subsequently moved to Wilmington, Delaware, where they remain currently. On Tuesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Paskey confirmed that Major caused an injury to an unnamed individual. Uh, According to the press secretary, uh, the person bitten by Major was a United States Secret Service agent, according to a Secret Service official. Major, who's three years old, is the younger of the two Biden dogs and has been known to display agitated behavior on multiple occasions, including jumping, barking, and charging at staff and security, according to the people CNN spoke with about the dog's demeanor at the White House. The older of Biden's German Shepherds, Champ, is approximately 13 and has slowed down physically due to his advanced age. The two dogs like to remain together, says one person familiar with the pets. Something Biden noted last month. Biden said he adopted Major in part as a companion for Champ to keep the older dog busy and active. Biden says, we got Major, he's a rescue dog, we asked the vet, what can we do to keep Champ going, and he said, get him a young dog. They're buddies, Biden told the media on Valentine's Day while walking the two German shepherds unleashed on the North Lawn. Champ and Major moved into the White House in January, less than a week after Biden's inauguration. I've been getting obsessed with getting our dog settled because we have an old dog and we have a very young dog, Jill Biden told Kelly Clarkson last month during an appearance on the Kelly Clarkson show. They have to take the elevator. They're not used to that. And they have to go on the South Lawn with lots of people watching them. So that's what I've been obsessed with, getting everybody settled and calm. Biden also said that the only place the dogs are not allowed is on furniture, though she admitted to catching Major on the couch. They run all over, Biden said. Playtime with Major was the culprit of Joe Biden's November foot injury, which resulted in a hairline fracture and the wearing of a corrective boot. Biden described the incident during an interview with CNN where he mentioned that he was playing with his dog and dropped a ball. And when he went to grab a ball, Major got in front of him and actually caused him to slip and fall. Paskey on Tuesday's press briefing said the trip to Delaware by the family dogs was previously planned already and that they were being cared for there by family friends. Paskey did not say when exactly the dogs might return to the White House, only that it will be soon. The First Lady departed Monday afternoon for a two-day trip to Washington and California to visit military bases and is expected to return to the White House on Wednesday. So, you know, it's not that surprising Um we probably don't hear about a lot of incidents that happen with pets at, at the White House. Um, but when you bring dogs into a, a brand new environment like that, it can be, you know, cr- it can be something that creates a lot of anxiety, especially when you've got all these new people that are around, um, 
hundreds of new people. You know, you can only imagine what things are like um, at the White House and, and in the West Wing um, for these dogs. So we reached out to the White House. We offered our services. Don't know if we'll hear back from them. I, I heard Caesar Milan contacted them and offered his services as well. But a lot of times this is the kind of things, too, that you might find from um, dogs that are rescue dogs. Um, a lot of times rescue dogs come to shelters. They come to the rescue organizations, and they've got some issues. Um, a lot of times it's going to be dogs that are going to be reactive, uh, whether it be towards other dogs, whether it be towards other people, and in some cases even aggressive. Um, and we'll get a lot of dogs from shelters that have a lot of anxiety oftentimes as well. We're going to be going through a bunch of emails today, and one of the things that I do want to talk about today is separation anxiety because it is such a huge issue for so many dogs and so many dog uh, owners. And with and we've talked about this before with COVID nineteen, with this pandemic, and having so many people that are working from home or people that are out of work and they're spending all kinds of time at home. And then those people that are maintaining their social distancing protocols and wearing masks and doing what they need to do to help fight back this pandemic, they're staying home a lot. So the dogs are staying home as well. They're not getting, excuse me, they're not getting exposed to the things that they need to be exposed to, especially the new dogs, the new puppies that are coming into people's homes. So we're going to be also talking about early puppy socialization. What exactly does that mean? Um, We're going to be going ahead and taking a quick break here. Uh, But when we come back, as I said, we are going to be talking about separation anxiety we'll be answering emails talking about aggression and we're going to be talking about early puppy early dog socialization so don't go anywhere you're not going to want to miss this if you want to give us a call call us at 602-277-5369 we'll be back right after these messages Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. <laughs> Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us, I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, 
where we take your calls and your emails and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or a dog that's dominant or out of control? Maybe you've got a guinea pig you've got problems with, a rabbit, a turtle. Maybe you've got a bearded dragon. Whatever kind of pet you have, whether it's a cat, a dog, doesn't matter. Give us a call if you've got a problem with your pet. I'm here to help you deal with all of those nuisance behaviors. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-KFNX. That number is 602-277-5369. If you're outside of the Phoenix area, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866 866- Five three six eleven hundred. Again, that's eight six six five three six eleven hundred. If you'd like to email us with any questions, the email that you can send your questions to is info i n f o at pettalktoday.com. Before we went to break, I was talking about some topics that I wanted to cover uh, today, um, and and that's going to be separation anxiety, and also when should you begin the process of socializing your new puppy or your new dog? Um, and is it just about socialization and, and what's the right kind of socialization? Is there a right way to do it? Is there a wrong way to do it? You know, a lot of people think socialization is just, you know, let your dog meet every human being that's out there. Let your dog meet every dog that's out there. Well, there are some people out there that maybe you don't want your dog to meet. There are some dogs out there that maybe you don't want your dog to meet. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is early puppy socialization. And and the reason I want to talk about that first is because that has a lot to do with many times whether we're going to have a dog or a puppy that's going to develop separation anxiety. So what a lot of people don't realize, there is a critical socialization period for all dogs, a critical period of development. And during that particular time frame of their development, They need to be exposed to everything. At Phoenix Dog Training, my company, where we've worked with thousands of dogs, thousands of dog owners, one of the things that we tell people is that we don't look at it, and I don't even like the term socialization. I like to call it early puppy exposure. Exposure. Because here's the thing. We don't care in our training facility whether your dog ever plays with another dog ever. We don't care whether or not your dog ever interacts and plays with a human being other than yourself ever. And let me explain why. What we tell our clients is that we want their dogs to be able to be around in very close proximity anything Everybody, any person, any dog, any animal, any situation, we want them to be around it. We don't, we want them to be aloof. We want them to be neutral. We don't want them to be afraid. We don't want them to be aggressive. And we don't want them to be hyper either. We want a really 
well-behaved, balanced dog. And there's so much emphasis. You hear all this emphasis about socialization, socialization, socialization. And I get calls all the time from people, you know, that they maybe rescued a dog that is eight or nine months of age. They got it during uh, COVID. Uh, I get calls all the time. They say, you know, we really haven't been able to get our dog around other people. We we really haven't been able to get our dog around other dogs. And they'll tell me about how their dog has issues with people, how their dog maybe has issues with other dogs. And they're assuming that, you know, the month that they've had it, two months that they've had it, three months, four months, whatever that time might be, that because of the pandemic and them not being able to get their dog out and around everybody and every dog, that's why they have problems. Well, here's the problem with that. And I want you guys to hear this very, very well because this starts to take us into another problem that I'll talk about. The early critical exposure period for dogs starts at three weeks of age. Three weeks. So at three weeks, they're typically with a breeder. They're typically, hopefully, you know, with their other litter mates, with their mom. That critical socialization period, that critical exposure period starts at three weeks and it ends, it ends, folks, at three months. So that's 12 weeks. You've got from three weeks of age to 12 weeks of age to get your dogs, puppies, around everything. Not just people, not just other dogs, but around all kinds of different visual stimulation, all kinds of different auditory stimulation. You know, I, what's going to happen is that they're going to get extremely scared. They're going to develop all kinds of fears, phobias. They're going to become skittish if they've been quote unquote sequestered during that three week to three month critical period. And unfortunately, what do we typically do? We typically keep our dogs in the house, around the house until they've had all their shots. And the vets are telling you to do this. Veterinarians are saying, hey, don't, don't take your dog outside. They're scaring the hell out of you. That your dog's going to get parvo. Your dog's going to get distemper. But by the time they've had all their shots, they're 16 weeks of age. You're a month past that critical socialization period. By the time they've hit 16 weeks, everything's hardwired. Everything's hardwired. You ever heard about human beings in, in human development that pretty much by the time we're five years of age, everything's kind of hardwired? It's the same thing with, with your dogs, with your puppies. After that three-week to 12-week, that three-week to three-month period, if you haven't gotten your dogs exposed, yeah, they're probably going to have issues, some to a lesser degree, some to uh, a worse degree of anxiety and fear. And what happens when they're young, when they're really young and they have that anxiety and fear, a lot of them will retreat from things. You know, they see a strange person, they're nervous about it, they retreat. Maybe they 
see something that they haven't seen. You brought home a new box. And all of a sudden, this skittish dog starts to back up and run away. When they get older, a lot of times they won't flee. They'll get aggressive. So fears and anxieties can definitely turn into aggression when dogs feel that there's a threat, real or imagined, they've got three choices, fight, flight, or freeze. When they're young, they usually run away. But when they get older, they usually don't. That's when we start getting dogs becoming aggressive. Um, and that usually will happen with other dogs between six and nine months of age. That will usually happen with other people between 18 and 24 months of age. It's not saying it doesn't happen sooner with some dogs. But the biggest thing that people need to do is they've got to get their puppies, they've got to get their dogs outside everywhere. Now, I'm going to tell you, and it's not just me, that your veterinarian is wrong. People are worried about their dogs getting parvo. They're worried about their dogs getting distemper. Your dog is more likely to die from euthanasia because of a behavior problem that you haven't dealt with and that you're unable to deal with and they end up in a shelter and they end up getting put down than your dog dying from parvo or distemper. And if you don't believe me, get on the internet, get on Google and go ahead and bring up the American Society of Veterinarian Behaviorists. Now, that group, that group of veterinarians, they're not just veterinarians, but they have gone back to school. They've done additional internships for anywhere from three to six years beyond vet school. And they study in depth the behavior of animals. And they're the ones, they've got a position statement that they put out on the website. Again, the American Society for Veterinary Behaviorists. And they will talk all about early socialization. And they're going to tell you, hey, don't keep your dog inside until it has all of its shots. They're going to tell you, get your dog out and expose, get your puppy out and expose it to everything. Take it everywhere. You should be taking your dog, your puppy with you everywhere you can possibly take it and go. And you want to go everywhere. Get around as many things as possible. Lots of sounds, lots of sights, lots of different things. So that they don't start to develop these fears and these phobias. Now, granted, you don't want to take your new puppy to places where there's heavy traffic of other dogs where they're maybe peeing and pooping. You know, keep them away from that. And when you begin to expose your new puppy or dog around other dogs, make sure that it's friends, family members. You know their dogs. You know they're stable. You know, last thing you want to do is bring your new puppy around a dog that is aggressive. Folks, we need to go ahead and go to news, but when we come back, we'll be talking more about separation anxiety. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies, answering questions, some even ridiculous, and taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. 
To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us right now, I'm Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today. Here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions, along with the emails that you send us throughout the week. Maybe you've got a crazy cat. Maybe you've got a dog you've got problems with. Maybe it's another kind of pet. If you would like help, go ahead and give us a call. If you're in Phoenix, the number to call is 602-277-KFNX. That number is 602-277-5369. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll-free. That number is 866-536-1100. Also, if you miss any one of our shows, don't worry. We have them all archived. We've got them all up on the Pet Talk Today podcast. So if you ever miss a live episode of Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, just do a Google search for Pet Talk Today podcast. You can go to any podcast platform, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Podcast Addict, whether it be Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. You can find us just about anywhere um, and you never have to miss one of our shows. Also, let me give out the email address if you have questions and you want to email us and have me help you and answer those questions. Uh, you can send your emails to info, I-N-F-O, at PetTalkToday.com. That's info at PetTalkToday.com. So last week, I believe it was last week, Zach, was it last week that I was talking about Lady Gaga's dog walker. Yeah, it was last week. So if you didn't listen last week, um, Lady Gaga's um, dog walker was shot in Los Angeles, almost died. He was walking her two French uh, bulldogs, and not only was he shot, but they stole her dogs. Well, let me give you a little update. Since then, she has offered a half a million dollar reward and apparently there's a woman that has found the dogs claimed that she found them gaga's got her dogs back however the police have said don't pay the reward just yet we want to make sure that this woman is cleared that she had absolutely nothing to do with the dog napping and it appears that she didn't have anything to do with it from what the newspaper is saying it appears that this might have been a gang initiation that was happening and they had no idea that these dogs belonged to Lady Gaga. They had no idea that uh, the, the guy walking the dogs was her dog walker. Um, but that's what police are, are thinking. That's what they're going on right now. That's their working theory. 
Um, but anyway, we're, we're glad that Lady Gaga got her dogs back. We're glad for her dogs. You know, this has become a big thing, dog napping, especially during the pandemic. Um, I was reading some articles on it and I guess from two years ago, dog napping is up about 70, 80% from two years ago. And, and the Frenchies, they're targeting French bulldogs. Because they're so expensive. You know, a French bulldog's three, six thousand dollars. In some cases, you know, if you've got a blue one, ten thousand dollars. That's what people are paying for these dogs. Six, ten thousand dollars for a Frenchie. And so people are dog napping these dogs and they're selling them fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. Hey, it's a steal. It's cheap. But yeah, so make sure that, uh, make sure you know where your, your pets are. Um, because this has really become a big problem, not just in the United States. I was reading where this has become a huge problem in the UK as well. Dogs are being stolen. They're selling the dogs. And, and one of the reasons why is because the, the penalty in most states is nothing. It's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor. Maybe you could find a thousand dollars. And so what I'm hearing is that as far as the criminals are concerned, this is a very profitable thing. Why not? The fine is nothing. It's a misdemeanor. That needs a change. Maybe we have a dog friendly White House. Maybe something will change with that. I don't know. Anyway, let me go to one of my emails um, because it, it, pertains to separation anxiety, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. So this is from Paulette in Surprise, and Paulette says, I need anxiety help for my nine-year-old doxypin. When we leave the house, she scratches at the door till her paws are bloody. You know, I hear that a lot. Now, there's two kinds of separation anxiety. There's the super severe one, and I... Anytime a dog is causing injury to themselves, hurting themselves, that's severe. And then there's your everyday garden variety separation anxiety. You know, they might be barking, they might be whining. Maybe they're destructive and chewing things up when you're gone, but they're not hurting themselves. They're not panicking so bad that they're hurting themselves. And in this case, Paulette, your dog, your nine-year-old doxypin, um, is, is, you know, gosh, it's so frantic when you leave it, it's scratching at the door and it's not stopping and it's breaking its pads open of its paws and they're all bloody. So there's a couple things when it's that severe and your dog's hurting itself, you need to go see your veterinarian. When it's that severe, we typically need to do behavioral medicine in conjunction with behavior modification. So when it's that severe, if your pet's hurting itself and separation anxiety, you know, I've had people call me where they've had their pets in crates. They're frantically trying to get out and they're getting their pads all bloody and they're biting like at a, at a metal wire crate. They're biting at it and their teeth are breaking off too. So that's not uncommon. Those serious types, they need behavior medicine along with behavior modification. But let me talk a little bit about behavior modification and separation anxiety. Um, it's not an easy thing. 
it's a challenging thing. Um, and one of the biggest challenges, if you have to leave and you've got a dog that's got really bad separation anxiety, they are continuing to rehearse that behavior. And when behaviors are continued to be rehearsed, they continue to be conditioned. And while you're doing the work that you need to do to get your dog to relax, to get your new puppy to relax, to be calm, and not have that separation anxiety, you have to find an alternative where you can have maybe somebody watch your dog or take your dog to a friend's family member, maybe doggy daycare. But we've got to stop the behavior from rehearsing. Now, that doesn't mean that that is our answer to the problem. That's just something we have to do short-term until we've actually done the work that we need to do to help the dog not have that separation anxiety. So whether it be garden variety separation anxiety, whether it be severe separation anxiety, the behavior modification side is going to be the same. And for this, you've got to do crate training. And and inevitably, usually almost all dogs with separation anxiety fear that crate. They're scared to death of that too. But, but the problem is, is that when we've got dogs with separation anxiety, they can hurt themselves as, in this case, Paulette's doxypin, and they can be very destructive. And, you know, the number one rule when we get a dog that's destructive is we need to confine them when we're not there so they can't engage in that behavior again. But what if they're scared to death because of separation anxiety? They're even more scared to be in that crate. Well, the first thing that you want to do is not just throw the dog in a crate and shut that door. That's going to be horrific for that puppy or dog. What you can begin to do for about two weeks, start feeding your dog in the crate. And and hopefully you're feeding on a schedule. If you're not feeding on a schedule, this doesn't work real well because we want a hungry dog. You know, dogs need to eat. Food is usually something they like. It's a positive experience. So what I tell clients to do is feed their dogs on a schedule twice a day. Put the food down for five or ten minutes, whatever they don't eat, pick it up. If you do that, you'll never have a finicky eater, I guarantee it. If you've got a finicky eater right now, do that. Put the food down twice a day, five to ten minutes, pick it up regardless of what they eat. Within a few days, they're going to be gobbling that up in no time. Once you've got that, or if you already are feeding on a schedule, begin to put that food bowl in the crate, let them go in there and eat. Don't don't close the crate. Just let them go in there and eat. That's a positive thing. They've got to eat, folks. They're not going to starve themselves. They're not going to commit suicide by going on a hunger strike because you want to do crate training. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back after messages, we are going to talk more about the specific steps that we need to take in order to teach your puppy, teach your dog to be calm, relaxed, and help us deal with the separation anxiety that can be really traumatic for your pet and extremely difficult to correct. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll be talking more about that. Ready? 
Raised by Wolves with Canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you are just joining us right now, I am Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk Today here on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, where we're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m., answering your pet behavior and training questions and talking about pertinent topics in animal behavior, animal training. And today we're talking about separation anxiety. Um, and here I've got another email from Gloria in Mesa. It says, I have a 1.5-year-old miniature schnauzer who has severe separation anxiety, will bark and cry for hours if we leave the house. I had talked about with separation anxiety, you got to do crate training. And the first thing you want to do is begin to feed your pet in the crate twice a day. Don't leave the food down long. Pick it up after five minutes. We want them in and out of there. Um, food's a positive thing, and, and we want to make it, you know, as least threatening as possible. Don't close the door of the crate. Just get them in there. Then the other thing you do during the day is you start throwing treats in there and get the dog to go in there and just eat a treat and come out. Do that several times. A couple times a day, maybe five, ten times in a row, you're throwing a treat in the crate. Maybe you're doing that two, three times a day. Once they get comfortable, then you can close the door and feed a treat and then open the door. And you're going to want to do that several times a day. You're going to want to do that for maybe a week. They go in the crate, close the door, you give a treat. Little by little, over time, when you close that door, you're going to make, make them wait a little bit longer for that food reward. And make sure that you're using the highest value food reward you possibly can use. Again, we're trying to motivate the dog and make this a positive experience. So the more valuable the food reward is, the more the dog is going to want to do the behavior of going in the crate. Okay, we need to pair going in the crate with really good things. So again, after you've been throwing treats in there and they're going in and out, after they've been feeding in there and they're going in and out, then you start throwing a treat in there, they get in the crate, you close that door. Maybe you count to 10, then you give them a treat, you let them out. Well, when they get very comfortable with that after a couple of weeks, then you want to go ahead and begin to extend the time. 30 seconds. A minute, two minutes, three minutes, and so on. If the dog starts freaking out, you have stretched it too long too soon. 
you need to work a little bit slower. Some dogs, this is going to take a while. This could take a couple months to get them comfortable. And not only are you going to work on expanding the amount of time that they're in that crate before they get a food reward, you're also, once you can get them waiting a while to do that, you're going to want to then start moving away from that crate. You're not going to leave and go away for an hour. That's not how you start this. You maybe walk around a corner and the dog doesn't see you for two seconds. You come back and you reward the dog and let him out of the crate. And you play that game over and over and over. And then you extend the time. So you're shortening that time up when you create distance. First thing you do is you build time up. You're right there. Then you need to work on the fact that you're going to be further away from your dog and they need to get rewarded, but you're going to shorten the distance. When you walk around that corner, you're only around that corner and the dog doesn't see you for a second or two. You come back, you reward the dog, let him out of the crate. You want to be able to extend that time where you're out of sight for 15 minutes. Once you hit that magic 15-minute mark, most dog separation anxiety is gone. Now, you can't just do this where you're walking around a corner and you're out of sight from your dog in the home. You also then, after you've gotten away from the dog in the home and you've stayed in the home, you're around a corner, maybe you went to another room and the dog can't see you. Now you need to start leaving the house. But you're going to back up the time again. You're going to make it a very short duration. You walk out the door, one, two, you come back in, you reward the dog. You walk out the door, one, two, three, four, five, you come back in, you reward the dog. This is a very slow and gradual process where you're rewarding the dog little by little for longer and longer duration. And you're also then rewarding the dog little by little for farther and farther distance that you have away from your dog. Okay. Now, if you've got the ability to video record what's going on, you want to do that. If you have the ability, you know what works really good are those um, nanny, nanny cams and uh, the baby monitors. Because when you walk out of the house, how do you know whether or not your dog's making noise, especially if you're, you know, further away? Maybe you've got a dog in the back of the back of the house and, and you've left through the front. And maybe this dog is just a whiner and you don't hear it. Well, that baby monitor is going to help you know what's happening. Is your dog or puppy quiet in there? So that's a huge part of what you need to do in order to get them comfortable. Now, the other thing, the other tip I like to tell people is to give their dog a frozen peanut butter Kong treat. Now, if you don't know what a Kong toy is, you can go to any of the major pet stores, ask them for one of their Kong toys. And the one specifically I'm talking about is like a hard rubber toy. It looks like a beehive, kind of like a beehive. And, and the center is hollowed out. So what I ask people to do is I ask them to fill and pack that Kong full of peanut butter. Put it in a Ziploc baggie and freeze it in the freezer. And then one evening when you're hanging out with your dog in the living room or wherever, 
family room, I don't know, the den, wherever you hang out with your dog in the evening time. Take out that frozen Kong treat, give it to your dog. I want to know, do they like it? Because if they like it, and hopefully they love it, we can use that to help desensitize the separation anxiety also. But first, we need to know if they like it. Now, one of the reasons I have you freeze it is because it lasts a lot longer. You know, some dogs, if they get a voracious appetite and they love peanut butter, and a lot of dogs do, they will gobble that all up if it's not frozen. And what I'm trying to accomplish with that frozen Kong treat is once your dog has gotten comfortable in the crate, once you've done the very gradual and systematic desensitization with the amount of time they're in there. You've done the appropriate amount of gradual and systematic desensitization on distance away. What we want to do with that frozen Kong treat is when we put them in the crate, give them that Kong treat and leave. Because typically, again, it's the first 15 minutes that we're gone, that's the biggest problem. And what I'm hoping to do with that frozen Kong treat is a couple things. Number one, we're pairing something positive with what the dog might view as negative, you leaving or the dog being in the crate. The second thing that we're doing with that is we're trying to keep the dog busy and keep him occupied and keep its mind off the fact that you just left. And a lot of times this works really, really well. So, what I'll tell people to do, because you always want to have a frozen one on hand. You never know exactly when you're leaving. Of course, you know when you're leaving, when it, you know, if you have a pattern of work or going to the gym. But those times when you don't necessarily, you know, have a plan to leave, but you're going to leave, do you have a frozen Kong treat on hand? So get two of those Kong toys, pack both of them with peanut butter, put them in plastic Ziploc bags, freeze them both. So that way you always have an extra. You always have one on hand for yourself. Now, the other thing that you can do for separation anxiety, this helps some. There are, are different products on the market, calming aids. Um, one thing that I'm really excited about is I've been actually working on a calming product for dogs, and it's revolutionary. There's nothing like it on the market, and we are going to begin having that we're going to begin selling that. It's called Calm Dogs, Maximum Strength Calming Aid, Veterinary Formula Calm Dogs. It's the most potent supplement. It's all natural. It's the most potent supplement of anything that's out there. There's no other supplement that can help relax your dog more than Maximum Strength Calm Dogs. Um, I'm going to be announcing it when I have it available to sell to the public. Um, we've been testing it for years. We know that this works great and in some cases almost works as good as prescription medication, but it doesn't have all the nasty side effects that typically come with prescription medication. So listen about Calm Dogs Maximum Strength Calming Aid, our veterinary formula that we're going to be coming up with. Well, we are just about out of time. I appreciate everybody that sent in an email. Be sure to join us next week where we'll be answering more of your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday from 9 to 
10 a.m. I'm Will Bangora. Be safe. Wear your mask. Continue the distance. Angie Samuels is next. News. Talk. Sports. The Pulse of Arizona. 1100 KFNX. Phoenix.